We'll talk about the Lions. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit, is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. What's up, my man? Not too much, man. How are you doing? Happy Friday. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to get everything in the rearview mirror off the end of that Cowboys game, but the more I look at the playoff picture online, the more I break it down. That is a tough one to shake, Jeremy. It really is. Yeah, no question. And, and you know, we're almost a full week in the rear view mirror. And, and yeah, I think, you know, the the one seed was always kind of a, a long shot. And, and you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think the 49ers were going to lose either. There were two remaining games. They might, might end up losing this week, but obviously the situation is different. But, yeah, that two seed certainly would, would feel pretty nice. It was kind of right there within their grasp, especially with a, a Vikings team coming in this week that – isn't playing their best football right now is kind of, you know, maybe had all the, the energy ripped out of them last week. And so, you know, they'd be in a, a win and you're in on a two seed situation right now, if they had won that game and to have it ripped out in a way that was so unique and frustrating. And, you know, it, the NFL continues to dig their heels in, which I think is, continues to make the matter even more frustrating for Lions fans. So yeah, it, it's hard not to at least think about it a little bit this week as Lions head into a relatively meaningless game because of that, uh, um, result. I don't know if the rah-rah chip-on-your-shoulder mantra works as much in the NFL unless you're turning around and playing that team really quick, which the Lions could uh, in the playoffs, but uh, let's move ahead and think about this team and where they're at right now, because the one thing I took from that game that I wanted to see based on the Cowboys just hammering everybody at home this yeah. year is that I wanted that to have the feel of a playoff game, and you know what? It did start to finish. Question, and I guess maybe that's the positive spin you, you pull on all this situation is, are the Lions, do the Lions really need to be that scared if they have to go to Dallas in, in a couple of weeks in that divisional round? Probably not anymore, right? They, they certainly are going to have the confidence that they can hang with the Cowboys. They have the evidence that they can hang with the Cowboys, and now they have a little bit of, a, of that chip on your shoulder, as you, you mentioned, and I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure if, if that's a real thing or not or if that really helps. Um, I think we tend to just kind of attribute that to if, if the Lions win that game, it's, oh, because they had a chip on their shoulder. If they lose that game, it's probably like, ah, oh, they weren't focused enough. They were too f- focused on revenge and, and all this sort of stuff. And so, um, yeah, all those intangibles are kind of silly. But, but yeah, that, that performance against Dallas, I think, you know, we're, we're not talking more of moral victories or anything like that, but you held a Dallas team that was scoring an average of 40 points a game at home to half that, to 20 and that's a huge deal for a Lions defense that has a lot of question marks. For them to hold Dak Prescott relatively in check, I know he still had 300 yards, and I know CeeDee Lamb had the game he did, but outside of that one huge 92-yard play, I think the Lions' pass defense was actually surprisingly good in that game, and that has to be uh, a confidence booster to fans. It's probably a confidence booster to some of the players out there, and I think it's showing that there's a little bit of a defensive turnaround happening in this last month of the season, and and that's what you want to see. You want to see this team trending in the right direction as they head into the playoffs, and I think on the defensive side of the ball, you can say that they are. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. You can look at this season, and I, I don't think I'm saying anything that most won't feel or don't feel is that the Lions, to me, have been a better team on the road. And I don't know if that's because you're young and you get on the plane and you're in the team hotel and you're on the buses and uh, you're away from family and friends, but you, you can check the boxes on big wins this year 
And I'm trying to think, well, what's the biggest home victory? Seriously, what is it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I wonder what, yeah. In, in terms of, like, most impressive, I don't I don't know if there's really a great one out there. You know, I, I think the, the Raiders game was a big one in that, you know, it was bouncing back from that Ravens game. It was probably their best front-to-back performance they've really had all season in terms of just utterly dominating a, a Raiders team that was not that good. I mean, Broncos, I guess maybe is, is maybe the other one. Yeah, that Broncos team was was hot, right? That would be it. That would be it to me. I agree with you. Yeah. I was going to say Raiders Monday night or Broncos because they needed the bounce back after Chicago. That was really a must-win situation. I'll go the Saturday night game against the Broncos. Yeah, I think that makes sense too. Because remember that I, we can say what we want about the Broncos now, but at the time they had won six of their last seven games. Their their defense was really really hot and and. For the Lions to go out there and, and hang, what was it, forty-two on them or whatever it was, um, that was their best overall performance this week and or this year. And and yeah, you're right. It was it was a needed game considering there were some people questioning whether this team was going to lose their grasp on the division, maybe even lose their grasp on, on a playoff spot at that point. And so that feels like kind of a pivot point um, where they pulled themselves out of the hole there, and and we're seeing them playing better football since. And you look at getting guys back, it kind of gives a fresh start, a, a second wind. Again, we can use every sports cliche in the book, Jeremy, but CJ coming back, Houston coming back, uh, Bugs got picked up by the Chiefs on their practice roster, but playoff ready. Again, the visual and the results outside of you know the officials robbing them, they were there uh, against Dallas. Their track record on the road this year shows they can go anywhere in the playoffs and take it into the fourth quarter. So let's talk about guys getting healthy and not really the impact on a regular season finale that means nothing against the Vikings on Sunday, but I'm talking and looking ahead to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned right there, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's probably the biggest name. It's it's kind of weird. He's walking into a weird situation here where, you know, obviously Fatou Melifano is playing really, really good football right now, and I think they like Kirby Joseph a lot. So I'm not sure that T.J. Gardner-Johnson walks into the lineup and is suddenly a starter that is playing 100% of the snaps. I think they'll probably split between those guys a bunch. That's kind of what the, the word out of Allen Park is here this week. Um, but, like, don't don't sleep on Aleem McNeil coming back. You know, he's only missed a month. He's only missed four games. But he's a guy, pretty, pretty much one of the only guys on the team that can provide some interior pass rush. Despite the fact that he missed four games, he still is second in the team in sacks and pressures. So um, that's, you know, considering the lines have found a little bit that, that have worked in terms of pressure and, and, and getting interceptions and all that defensive turnaround, getting Aleem and CJ Gardner back, Gardner Johnson back uh, is going to definitely provide a big boost. I'm not as big on the return of, uh, of James Houston. And the only reason I say that is because this kid hasn't played in four months and I, he's not going to play this week. So he, you know, he's going to have to shake off the rust in the middle of a playoff game. And so, I don't know if the Lions are going to trust him to have, you know, like 15, 20 snaps when it's going to be his first game in, in you know, since September. Um, but, you know, if the Lions get deeper and deeper into the playoffs, that's when I think James Houston could have maybe a bigger and bigger impact because they could certainly use the pass rush too. Stafford and the Rams, it's lurking there. It really comes down to it looks like the Packers or the Eagles to the Lions or Packers or the Rams uh, right. to the Lions. Uh, one of those two, I again, anything can happen. It is the NFL and – any given game, but yeah, I just can't get over what that Stafford versus Goff. Uh, that that will have to be the Saturday night national game or the Monday night game, if that's the case. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it almost feels like fate at this point with just the, the incredible storylines that, that are going to be there. Stafford playing his first playoff game in Ford Field. <laughs> and, and obviously all the stuff with um, Jared Goff, too, right? I mean, I know Jared Goff has already had his game against the Rams in L.A., but this is kind of a whole other beast because the whole reason that they moved on from him in L.A. is that he couldn't win the big games in the playoffs. He wasn't the guy that was going to take him to the Super Bowl. So I think um, pretty huge week for him if, if that's what it ends up being as well. And um, not to mention, it's also just kind of like a really good matchup. I think the, the Rams are kind of a fascinating team that's coming on strong here at the end of the last at the end of the season, one of the best passing offenses in the league against one of the best overall offenses in the league in, in the Lions. So um, it would actually, I, I think, be a legitimately good football game outside of all the crazy narratives that, that are going to be in Detroit for, for the next week or so. You know, the question is, too, when, when you're looking at this final game and you already have playoff spots locked up, and I'll even talk about the Rams mm-hmm. uh, and the Niners that we mentioned, and you look at the Lions, you know, Dan Campbell said he's going to play as starters, and I was thinking he was going for two, three times at the end against the Cowboys because he's going to use this as a rest week. That that's a that's a pivotal coaching decision here. That if McVay or whoever it is uh, that's coming in, if they have a team with a lot of rest and the Lions play their starters, I'm still trying to figure that out. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I don't I don't love the idea of not at least giving you know like Amon Ra, Jared Goff, Aiden Hutchins, and giving those guys some rest just because they've first of all they've earned it. Those are some of the hardest working players on the team. And, and second of all, yeah, I just I don't view this game as that important. Um, that said, I think you I mean I think it would look pretty foolish as well. Like if the Lions somehow get the help that they need, if if somehow the Cowboys lose to Washington, if somehow the Eagles lose to the Giants. Well, you just rested all your starters and gave away the the second seed, and that you know the difference between the two seed and the three seed is big enough where I think um, it warrants at least some discussion about trying, even as as much of a long shot as it is. Whereas you know the Rams, the six versus seven seed doesn't really matter. Um, you're not going to get a home playoff game either way. Two versus three seed is is the difference between one playoff game and and two guaranteed home playoff games. Obviously, if you win your first one, so. I, I get it from Dan Campbell, and, and, and I'm not going to bury him for, for making this decision, but at the same time, it's probably not the decision I would make just because of how, long sh- how much of a long shot it is for those other two um, outcomes to happen. And unfortunately for, for Dan, the, the Cowboys game and the, and the uh, Eagles game are both at 430 or 425 or whatever, so he's not going to know the outcome of those games, so it's not like you know if one game is going one way, he can start pulling his starters in the second half. He's just going to have to play – it started throughout the entire game and, and, and try to win it. Because the Rams are going to rest Stafford, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Kyron Williams, Ernest Jones. They're going to rest uh, most of their marquee players, which is interesting because you're looking at the Rams and, and, and uh, you know the Packers uh, can sneak in. Uh, it's going to be really, you know, because you're McVay and you're like, would you rather go to Detroit? Or would you rather go to Dallas or Philly, right? right? I it, it's, it's that chess here at the end with these coaches versus rest and playing your players. I think, as I digested it the last couple of days, that what he's doing is playing his starters, going to go out and win that game just in case something happens in the late games. You don't want people screaming, well, if you would have played your starters, you could have had the two seed, right? Right. Oh yeah, I think that's exactly. I think I think 
you, you'd look you'd look foolish if that were to happen again. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. Dallas is, I think, a thirteen or a fourteen point favorite this week. But um, yeah, you you got to cover yourself there. And, and I mean, I, I get the you don't want your guys to get injured and all that sort of stuff. Of course, you don't want any of that sort of stuff. But it's it's football. It's you know you were you earned this luxury of even having the option um, to rest your starters because you've played so well. And so if I, I think you kind of have to honor the, the coach's decision there, even if you might not agree with it. I think I think you can certainly understand it. Just with the two seed technically still available there, you want to do everything you can to put your team in the best position to, to make a deep playoff run and two potential home playoff games is, is a big deal. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit. You can follow him on Twitter, Pride of Detroit, Facebook, Twitter, online. Joining us on the Rose Stumber Coffee Guest Line talking uh, Lions-Minnesota this weekend, the playoff setup. Uh, right now, uh, Pro Bowl was nice to the Lions. And NFLPA, I, this is something that I don't know if it's new, where they pick who they thought you know the players do, the defensive coordinator of the year. And it was interesting that Aaron Glenn got it. Yeah, yeah. So the way that works is it's, it's a survey where they're asking their own players to basically grade their coaching staff. And so um, the Lions players essentially gave Aaron Glenn the best grade of any coordinator, not just offensive, defensive, special teams, of any coordinator, no one got higher marks than, than Aaron Glenn from his own teammates. And, um, you know, if you talk to any of, of the players in this locker room, like, you'd understand that. They, they have such an immense, immense amount of respect for the guy. You know, he played 10 years in the league. He, he's a pro bowler. Um, he knows what they're all going through, and he can be tough on them at times, and that's kind of what we've heard this week is, like, he's a guy that can be very tough on them, but you – you respect that, and, he, and he's never over the top. He's never disrespectful in, in any sort of way. He's just he, he's hard on them because he cares for them, because he knows what they're going through. And so um, I think that speaks a lot to his leadership. I think it speaks a lot to his ability as a potential head coaching candidate. In fact, that's why the NFL PA even put it out. They said, we want these coordinators to kind of be highlighted and celebrated before we get to this coaching carousel right around the corner here. So I think – you know, this this could boost his stock a little bit. And, and you know, an owner that, that can see how, how good of a leader he is. You, you may have questions about how he runs a defense and his play calling and his scheme and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think there's anything that, that that's questioning Aaron Glenn's leadership, and, and that was a good way of highlighting it. And you see that on the sidelines. Uh, when there's a big play, he'll be the first guy chest bumping, jumping up uh, with yeah. the players. You know, I, I'm trying to not play the devil's advocate here, but there are so many great stories from this season, beginning with that opening win at Kansas City, that I'm I'm trying to figure out the negatives on this year, on the field, off the field, you know, maybe getting embarrassed by the Packers on Thanksgiving Day, but then they always find a way to bounce back. I it really is tough to see any negative veins on the field or off the field right now with this team and the organization. Yeah, no, I mean, the vibes, the vibes are very good right now because, you, as you said it, like they, this team did have a midseason lull. They had a, a situation where, you know, you, you lose to the Packers, you lose to the Bears a couple weeks later, and, and suddenly you're like, well, this, this team isn't necessarily the team that I think it, they are. And, and there are still people that, that say that. You know, they, they do only have one win against a team with a winning record if, if you if – you, you know, parts apart their, their schedule and, and you look at um, some of the opponents that they have and haven't beaten. But at the same time, you know, they've beaten a lot of eight and eight teams. They've beaten a lot of seven and nine teams. So like they're right there. And if they hadn't beaten those teams, they would have winning records. And so 
Um, yeah, the, the, the vibes are really good. I would say that maybe the only source of anxiety or, or fear really comes from the fact that I think the rest of this division is starting to play good football. And, and 2024, I think, is going to be a very different outlook on the NFC. It's not going to be as easy for Detroit to kind of walk their way in, into a division title. Um, but, you know, no, no reason to worry about that yet. Um, the Lions still have everything this season in front of them. And I, I, I think the game in Dallas last week proves that they can pretty much hang with anyone in this conference, which means sky's kind of the limit over the next month. And that's, uh, that's something to not only be excited about, but, but that should be the primary focus and not exactly what the future of this division holds. Yeah. Wins at Kansas city at Tampa at green Bay. Should have had a win at Dallas. Uh, took care of business to win the NFC North uh, in Minneapolis, which hasn't been easy for anybody, even with Cousins gone. Uh, unbelievable season. Not over yet. Get the regular season wrap-up this weekend against the Vikings, and then we'll see who's coming to Detroit. Will it be Stafford? I I mean, man, the, the walk-up to that would just be uh, phenomenal. Or, you know, the Packers are playing with house money right now. If they get in, they have nothing to lose. They're still... Young with their quarterback and receivers. I love it that uh, we're talking Lions and NFC playoff runs and everything. It's just been a magical season. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit. Follow him, Twitter, uh, Facebook, online, their team, everything you need when it comes to Lions. Jeremy, as always, a great conversation, and enjoy that Vikings game. All right, sounds good. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, back at you. Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line.